Deuteronomy chapter 3 verse 1 Then we turned and went up the way of Bashan, and Og the king of Bashan came out against us, he and all his people, unto battle at Edrai. Now Moses is continuing to tell the people the story of how they battled the kings of Sihon and Bashan. And it's interesting that he's starting his history out with recent history, which is what's happened to them in just the last couple of months. But later on in Deuteronomy, he'll go back to the beginning of when they were in Egypt and all of that. Two, and the Lord said unto me, Fear him not, for I have delivered him and all his people and his land into thy hand, and thou shalt do unto him as thou didst unto Sihon, king of the Amorites, who dwelt at Heshbon. Moses is reminding them that they have won battles because God was with them. And I think that's to encourage them because he knows they're going to have to fight a whole lot more battles after he dies. 3. So the Lord our God delivered into our hand Og also, the king of Bashan, and all his people, and we smote him until none was left to him remaining. A lot of people who aren't Christian, they say that God is cruel because he kills people. And in the last chapter, we were talking about how God actually hates violence. And that was the reason he sent the flood was because of violence. And yet God did tell the Israelites to go to battle and wipe out these pagan tribes. But you have to understand how violent the pagan tribes were against each other, against their own children. They raped, mutilated, and sacrificed their own children. Their violence was all the way up to the heavens, and God was actually destroying them to cleanse the land of violence. What people never take into account is who God was having the Israelites battle. They weren't battling innocent people. They were battling the most wicked people you can imagine. Four, and we took all his cities at that time. There was not a city which we took not from them, threescore cities, all the region of Argob, the kingdom of Og and Bashan, that's sixty cities. Five, all these were fortified cities with high walls, gates, and bars beside the unwalled towns, a great many. And only God could have allowed them to take all those fortified cities. It's hard to take a fortified city. 6. And we utterly destroyed them, as we did unto Sihon king of Heshbon, utterly destroying every city, the men and the women and the little ones. 7. But all the cattle and the spoil of the cities we took for a prey unto ourselves. In the previous chapters, we heard about the battle, but we didn't hear all these details that the cities were already fortified. When we go over this, we're actually learning more about how those battles took place. 8. And we took the land at that time out of the hand of the two kings of the Amorites that were beyond the Jordan, from the valley of Arnon unto Mount Hermon. 9. Which Hermon the Sidonians call Sirion, and the Amorites call Senir. Hermon means anathema, or devoted to destruction. This means it's a place that God wanted utterly destroyed. It was anathema to him. It was a cursed place. And that's because of the incredible, horrific sins that they were committing. Temple prostitution, child sacrifice. So it was a place fit only for destruction. This will become, in modern day, what people now call the Golan Heights. 10. All the cities of the plain, and all Gilead, and all Bashan, unto Salca and Edrai, cities of the kingdom of Og and Bashan. 11. For only Og, king of Bashan, remained of the remnant of the Rephaim. That king was a giant. Behold, his bedstead was a bedstead of iron. 
Is it not in Rabbah of the children of Ammon? His bed was so massive and it was made of iron because he was so huge. It had to be made of iron or it would break. When he laid down on it, the Ammonites kept it, who are also giants. Nine cubits was the length thereof and four cubits the breadth of it after the cubit of a man. The cubit of a man would be 18 inches, 13 and a half feet long. He was at least 13 feet tall. 12. And this land we took in possession at that time from Aror, which is by the valley of Arnon, and half the hill country of Gilead, and the cities thereof gave I unto the Reubenites and to the Gadites. That's how they got that area. 13. And the rest of Gilead and all Bashan, the kingdom of Og, gave I unto the half-tribe of Manasseh, all the region of Argob, all that Bashan is called the land of Rephaim. Those three tribes took over land of giants, and other tribes will also take over lands that were controlled by giants in Canaan. 14. Jer, the son of Manasseh, took all the region of Argob unto the border of the Jeshurites and the Machathites, and called them even Bashan after his own name, Havoth Jer, unto this day. And remember, we read that in the previous chapter, that he renamed all the villages, villages of Jer, and that's what Havoth Jer means. 15. And I gave Gilead unto Macher. 16. And unto the Reubenites and unto the Gadites I gave from Gilead even unto the valley of Arnon, the middle of the valley for a border, even unto the river Jabuk, which is the border of the children of Ammon. The Jabuk River goes east from the Jordan. This is on the eastern side, east of Canaan. 17. The Arabah also, the Jordan being the border thereof, from Chinnereth even unto the Sea of Arabah, the Salt Sea, under the slopes of Pisgah, eastward. Chinnereth is the Sea of Galilee, where Jesus is going to hang out and where all of his apostles are going to be from. They're all Galileans. And Jesus will baptize people in the Jordan, and so will John the Baptist. They will both baptize people in the Jordan. Jesus himself didn't physically baptize everybody, but his apostles under him do. And then John the Baptist and his disciples physically baptize people. 18. And I commanded you at that time, saying, The Lord your God hath given you this land to possess it. Ye shall pass over armed before your brethren, the children of Israel, all the men of valor. Moses told the three tribes who took over that land kind of southeast of Canaan, he's telling them, you warriors are still going to have to fight with us, which they agreed to. 19. But your wives and your little ones and your cattle, I know that ye have much cattle, shall abide in your cities which I have given you. That's because Moses agreed to their plan that they rebuild the fortified cities, put their families and their cattle there, and then go and fight with the Israelites and then return home later after the Israelites have settled in Canaan. 20. Until the Lord give rest unto your brethren as unto you, and they also possess the land which the Lord your God giveth them beyond the Jordan, then shall ye return every man unto his possession which I have given you. Moses is confirming, after the battles are won, then you guys get to go back home. 21. And I commanded Joshua at that time, saying, Thine eyes have seen all that the Lord your God hath done unto these two kings, so shall the Lord do unto all the kingdoms whither thou goest. He's encouraging Joshua, saying, You also will win all your battles, as long as you obey the Lord. 22. Ye shall not fear them, for the Lord your God, he it is that fighteth for you. And that's for you and me too. Don't fear anything. Don't fear your boss. Don't fear disease or viruses. Don't fear poverty. We're supposed to let God fight our battles and we're supposed to walk in faith. 
23, And I besought the Lord at that time, saying, He prayed to God. 24, O Lord God, thou hast begun to show thy servant thy greatness and thy strong hand. For what God is there in heaven or on earth that can do according to thy works and according to thy mighty acts? Moses was extolling God and saying, Who could do what you do? Absolutely nobody, and that's true. 25. Let me go over, I pray thee, and see the good land that is beyond the Jordan, that goodly hill country, and Lebanon. He asked God if he could see Canaan. 26. But the Lord was wroth with me for your sakes. He was angry with him, and hearkened not unto me. And the Lord said unto me, Let it suffice thee, speak no more unto me of this matter. God basically told him to be quiet. He said, Nope, I've already decided you can't talk about this. 27. Get thee up into the top of Pisgah, and lift up thine eyes westward, and northward, and southward, and eastward, and behold with thine eyes, for thou shalt not go over this Jordan. God told him to climb up the mountain and take a good look, because he wasn't going to get to actually set foot there. And all of this is because of that one time when God told Moses to speak, and the water would come out of the rock, but instead he struck it. It's a really big deal following God's instructions. We're not allowed to decide on our own what to do. We really have to follow his instructions. 28. But charge Joshua and encourage him and strengthen him, for he shall go over before this people, and he shall cause them to inherit the land which thou shalt see. 29. So we abode in the valley over against Beth Peor. And in the next chapter, Moses will continue his speech of all this history of everything that's been happening to them recently in battle. And that concludes Deuteronomy chapter 3.